coming in as Bloom. Millenbeek centered it. With Pat Steinberg and Logan Gordon on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Boom, let's get it going. This hour is underway. It is Thursday, June 15th. Welcome to the Sports Drive, brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Ask how a restricted key system can keep your business safe, even through employee turnover. Visit CalgaryLockandSafe.com. Yeah, Steinberg logo on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. And, of course, live right here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. We are coming at you from our Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. News of the day, Jerome McGinley is the... Special advisor to the general manager of the Calgary Flames. He and Craig Conroy will be working together once again. Uh, It was a pretty neat announcement to get on early Thursday afternoon. It's been a long time coming. You know, when Jerome left the organization, when he was traded there in April of 2013, that hurt. It stung. Uh, When six years later, he was able to be retired by the organization and... We got to see that number 12 go to the Raptors. It was pretty neat. And now officially back as a member of the Calgary Flames. Continue talking about that and a whole lot more. It's time to welcome in our buddy Brent Cron, our uh, NHL goaltending analyst. And, Would you say um, he's our special assistant? Yes, he is our spe- special assistant to Flamestock. Brent Cron joins us Nobody's right assistant. Special, ad- how, okay, special advisor. Sorry, special no, advisor. Not even that. Not even that. I, I choose okay. to advise. Okay. You know what? Okay. okay, so what would yeah. you like your title to be then? I haven't thought about it yet. You're putting me on the spot here. You know, uh, I uh, I do appreciate you guys asking me too. Just 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 now, just so you know, you know, you get lost in translation. I'm I'm still at the office grinding away, right? As 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 I normally do. As you guys know me to be a grinder, and uh, we got lost in communication. You called me back, and uh, you know what? I'm uh, I'm making time here to uh, to give you my thoughts. So so uh, so gracious of you. <laughs> I feel honored. You know what? Good, last, I'm glad. Last I'm hour glad. we spoke to Jerome Aginla. I feel more. I feel more honored to have you on. To that you made time in your day far more gracious than Jerome Aginla. I, I don't. Well, you, but that's well, no. I don't believe that at all. I'm you're you're probably a lot more nervous to talk to me than him. Very much so. Yeah, we're you only know. nervous because of what you might say, not because <laughs> of <laughs> the. Uh, I feel like I feel like my, of the guests. I feel like my job's hanging in the balance every time you come right. on the air. And you, and you continue to stick your neck out, and I continue to let you down. <laughs> very, very true. Yeah. But you know what? That's also that's my. That's, that's how I. Crux. That's yeah. how I live my life that's, as well. Right. Um, you 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 live dangerously, as Austin Powers would say. Yeah, I we, also like to live dangerously. We could put a delay on for Kron just in case. Do we do it? No, no, no. that's fine. I trust. You're good today. You're fine. Um, uh, I'm good. What uh, look at you, you know you uh, you would have been coming up in the Flames organization at a very similar time as uh, Jerome Ginla was establishing himself as a bona fide NHL superstar. Uh, how cool is it to see Jerome officially back in the Flames organization? Well, you know what, you know we we can say it's a PR move, which it is. Don't get me wrong, but it's legit. And, and, and it's awesome. Well, it's, a, it's a legit move that yeah. has good PR with it. A hundred percent. Like this is a this is a slam dunk, and 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 Jerome is is a staple of the city. He's uh, 
He's got a, an amazing reputation wherever he goes. He's a first and foremost a great human being, uh, known for being a great competitor and and uh, just an all around great teammate. So him being back with well being back he, he, in a different role obviously with the Flames, um, that's exciting. That's that that that's super awesome. Um, and and Craig Conroy's done a great job here too, right? I mean he's we, we we've talked about this earlier where. It's uh, he's he spent 12 years. I, I would say in the system, uh, almost like the miners, where he's kind of learning the faster the business of, of of hockey. That's a long time. And now that he's been given the reins, um, nothing's happened yet. Obviously, the, the season hasn't started for for uh, where. So he's got lots to. Uh, there's, there's big expectations, mm-hmm. but right now, but right now. Uh, things are moving along smooth, and, and bringing uh, Jerome McGinley along for the ride is, is a no-brainer. So, how I I really need to know this answer. <laughs> yep. At what rate during training camps would Stop. Jerome have scored Stop. on you? Like, you how how you much could... did you contribute to his confidence <laughs> <laughs> as his career went along? Well, you know, little little known fact, and, and he'll probably admit. Uh, this to you on air himself is is he didn't score very much on me like he did he, he actually I, I I could see it coming before he even shot it wasn't that hard to stop in practice it, it frustrated him quite a bit um, you know and I, and I believe that kind of pushed him over the edge I remember Daryl Sutter in the uh, 2004 uh, Stanley Cup final against Tampa Bay pulled me aside and he said can you play like Happy Boulin in practice to uh, <laughs> and, and, and you know I loved Happy Boulin because he's an ex Winnipeg Jet. And I thought he was fantastic, Phoenix Coyote. And that's the only time, again, that really scored on me after that. It's like, we know he's got a hard shot. It's fantastic. Easy to read, right-handed shot, no big deal. It's heavy. But, uh, you know, once again, you know, I was just I was just a plug out there uh, doing my best and uh, rising to the occasion. And the only opportunity that I got was obviously uh, stacking the pads against the great number 12. Yeah, I, that You know what? I That seems... Very believable. So All of that seems you, accurate. You, you said you had him on earlier. I'm sure he probably mentioned that himself. That was the first thing that he mentioned about the yeah. not about working with Conroy, uh, not about rejoining the Flames. It's like I'm just like no unfinished business. It was it was honestly just I got to find a way to to get Cron and pads and and try to get one past right. them for the good old days. And right. that was really his main focus, you know, which was kind of weird. It's not 2004 that haunts him. It's the amount of yeah, times true. he didn't yeah. score on you in right. practice that haunts him. Well, and, it, and, it, and you know, and I, I would never admit that to anybody else, except you, you, you and I, you, us three talking privately. I would never yeah, try to yeah. diminish, diminish a guy's uh, Hall of Fame career like that. But uh, you know, it was easier than people think. Just uh, so you know. Okay, now in all seriousness, tell us about, tell us about, Jerome. <laughs> tell us about you going to training camp, and you're you're a first round pick of the Flames, and Jerome's one of the the rising stars in the league. Tell us about going to training camp and and being a part of the same organization as he was. Well, you know what? Well, first thing that stands out is is he he was he's so intense, right? Uh, um, a guy like Chuck Kobus, who that I got drafted a year after me. A bit later in the draft, not not ninth overall, but pretty close. Um, he, uh, <laughs> he, the tenaciousness of it, the, the the battle that he had in practice, the intensity that the, he he brought guys into the game that maybe didn't have uh, the start or the the determination at the beginning of the game. Iggy came in right away and was it, he, all business. And then on top of that, 
he was he was such an ambassador for the city. He was such a good person. I remember like coming in. I I was actually scared of him because of, you know obviously his, his and, and not because I feared him. It's because he was such a talented player. He was a big wheel. He was an up and well, not, I shouldn't even say up and comer, but he was he was such a uh, he had such a presence. And, and and for me to just kind of sit beside him at the breakfast table in the dressing room, I I, I think I believe I called him Mr. Ginla once. And he looked at me <laughs> like I was a giant weirdo. And I, I didn't know what else to say. The only time crazy. he ever looked yeah, at you like that. the first time. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> and, uh, and, and, but everybody felt that way, right? Like he was, he was a good old boy. He was humble. He worked hard. He was super competitive. Loved to score goals. I haven't met too many guys uh, uh, that liked to score more goals than he did. And, uh, and the way the game's played now, it's, it's different, but he was a power forward. He'd fight that, 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 uh, especially that fight against Le Cavalier in the, the Stanley Cup final in 2000. It was just, it just, that was him in a nutshell. He was just, he would do whatever it takes. All he wanted to do is win. He was a winner his whole life. It was unfortunate. He, he did not get to win a Stanley Cup, but, but that intensity, that preparation, that maturity, that uh, uh, grit um, for a guy like that to come to the organization, that, that'll, that'll only translate to the players because as soon as he walks in, guys are just, you know, awe. Most guys don't get in awe right now in, in today's day and age. But a guy like Jerome commands a ton of respect, and guys will listen to him all the time. I'm sorry if I missed it, but did you just bring up Chuck Kobasu? Purely to brag that you were drafted higher ahead of him, or was there a correlation between <laughs> Kobasu and again that you were trying to get to? No, no, no. I, you know what? I, I, there's very few opportunities I get to pump my own tires without being shot down. So I figured that uh, you two unprepared goons <laughs> probably not, not could couldn't remember what when. I was trying to figure what out what on, happened. So I, I was trying to slip one in. Right. I mean. I can tell you the trade that Chuck Kobasu was a part of. I remember it vividly when he went to uh, went to Boston, um, yeah. and I did I did not remember where, but he was drafted 14th overall. Right. So that's uh, uh, what is it six six after me a year, year later, right? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Five. We're doing math. <laughs> Eight. Really to math. Six. Well, let me let me just pull my calculator out of here for a second. You know, I, I don't want to embarrass myself here in front of your 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 huge audience. Yeah, massive audience. You need to you need to be dialed in. Uh, Croner's with us, Brent Cron. Um, it's funny because you know J- Jerome is uh, Jerome was a little uh, ahead of you when it comes to just the 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 progression through the hockey career, but. Uh, you know, it's 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 been a good week for the Flames uh, because they they name Ryan Huska as head coach as well. Jerome and Huska were teammates in Kamloops, but I was you know talking about you called me an unprepared unprepared goon goon yes unprepared not usually I usually do my prep. Uh, you guys just missed each other in the Western Hockey League, right? Like, would you have would like when when Huska started coaching, you were done in the Western Hockey League, right? Yeah, because I was done in '03 in the Western League, um, and I, I I do not know when when Huska started coaching. He was Kelowna, right? So he start, no he would he started in '02-'03. So you would have you would have uh, you would have you would have overlapped for one year then. Where was he coaching? He was an assistant, assistant in Kelowna. Kelowna. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah, yeah. No, uh, yeah. That, holy smokes! So yeah, no, you're you're right. I, I would I would have I think I think. I'm trying to remember who the coach was for the Kelowna Rockets at the time. It could have Mark been Mark Habshide. Yeah, Habshide yeah. was the guy then. And they and they and they had they had a good hockey club too. 
Yeah, you have Keith was a good coach, right? Shea Weber, Como. Oh. Yeah. Nobody remembers Shea Weber though. Nobody. You want? I, I I'll never forget this little sidetrack story of uh, Shea Weber was in Milwaukee in the American League one year, and and I and you remember how hard of a shot he had, and everybody's like, oh, you know, Shea Weber on the power play. Pay attention as one timer. It's really hard. And I'm like, yeah, no, of course, not a big deal. I got a really sick glove hand. It won't won't be a big deal for me, and uh, and he got a hold of it, but he fanned on it. And it went right through my five hole in Milwaukee, and it was so embarrassing. I got pulled right after that, and I remember getting yelled at. And I'm like, Shea Weber can shoot the puck 140 miles an hour, and he throws a muffin in on me and then completely embarrasses me. He did it on purpose. And I think, honestly, he felt bad. He he smiled and then hung his head. He's like, he probably just sewered my career for, for the rest of my life. But So you, now, you, had he gotten a hold of it, you would have made the stop, though, right? Oh, I, I was there. But that's the thing. It's like, you know what, if it's a, it's, if it's a bad shot... I'm too good to stop a bad shot. <laughs> Got a pretty sick glove. Hand. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Uh, Brent Cron's with us. Uh, so you did cross paths for one year. Um, one year. In, in the Western Hockey League. That's neat. Uh, Brent Cron's with us, uh, our NHL goaltending analyst. Uh, okay, so Vegas wins the Stanley Cup, and they do it with Aiden Hill as their goaltender. They they use all those goaltenders throughout the season. Your favorite guy, Laurent Brassois, was the guy who started the playoffs, and then Aiden Hill finishes it, and he's raising the Stanley Cup a couple of nights ago. I mean, as a, as a goalie... I that, That's got to be cool to see the way that it went for Vegas that, look, Sometimes you do need Jonathan Quick in his prime, or you do need Andre Vasilevsky, or you like you absolutely those guys. You need Stanley to, to win Stanley Cup. Sometimes you need those guys, but sometimes you don't need the the big name. And sometimes it's it's a a, a guy who's kind of still forging his NHL career that can win it. That must have been pretty neat for you to see. Well, you know what? It was it was awesome. It's, it's every player's dream too, right? You know, it's the unsung heroes. It's first of all, it's a testament to the team of, of, of how well they, they, how close they were, and how well they played throughout the year. To be able to go through five goalies, and all the goalies that came in did a really good job. Logan Thompson was an all-star. Laurent Passois, shockingly, was actually pretty solid at the start of the playoffs. He, he uh, you know, he had a busted hip, gets injured. Aiden Hill goes in in a very tough situation, comes in plays lights out. I think he played, I can't remember, I can't remember, but like 15, 16 games. Gets hot at the right time. Looked phenomenal. And he looked like he'd been in the National Hockey for 20 years. And, 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 and the, the, key to, the, the key to a really good team is to being able to adapt to change. So you're going to lose players throughout the year, whether it's a top centerman or a big D-man or your best penalty killer or power play guy or whatever. And it's, and it's how you can, 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 can get over that hump. And, and the Knights didn't lose a beat with whoever was in net, whoever got injured, whoever, you know, was out for a little bit. They just move forward. And that, that speaks to their coaching staff. That speaks to obviously the, the players, the, the understanding of their roles. And, and I was, I, and I, and I was cheering for Aiden Hill all the way through because he just, he looked so good. He looked so calm, comes in the Edmonton series and just, he didn't have to take over, but he didn't cost them anything. He he made big saves at big times. Uh, I can't remember what game it was. It could have been game four in Florida where he didn't have much to do, but he made two huge saves with under a minute, one with his left pad and the scramble in front of the net. It's, 
that puck goes in. It's a two-two series, and and now we're we're we're, we're, we're obviously they're not hoisting the cup here like they did the other night. So it's not how many saves you make. It's not how spectacular you are. It's just it's timing and opportunity. And Aiden Hill took advantage of his, and uh, and that's what it's all about. And and uh, obviously he's a Calgary kid. And uh, the people that I I know that. Uh, have interacted with him uh, throughout the years. There, there's not a bad word said about the guy, and he's a professional. And, and and me personally, I was cheering from him from the start for for him from the start. He's he's I I love to see it. And last one for you. What what do you expect from Bobrovsky next year? After what we saw, like he got his career back on track. He might have won the Con Smythe and Florida pulled it out. Uh, what what do we like? Are you are you expecting good Bobrovsky, bad Bobrovsky? Like, do we have any idea what to expect from him next year? No idea. If if I was a betting man, I would say he would be a tire fire next year because it's probably too much hockey he wanted to play in the first place. Um, in Columbus, playing on a poor team, you have a different mentality. You're obviously uh, you're trying to keep the games close and and not get blown out of the water. So. You know, you go to a team like Florida where you're expected to win. That's a different mentality. Loango did it too when, when he went from Florida and moved over to to Vancouver. There's an expectation of winning, and and some guys can handle it and some guys can't. And and Bobrovsky goes to Florida. He's been not worth his contract. Everybody knows that. Uh, and the team in Tampa has obviously had a tremendous success with Vasilevsky. So this year, you know, he did good, but he didn't start the playoffs. He came in against the Boston series kind of on the tail end when they were down 3-1 or whatever. And he got hot, and we all know he's it's not like he doesn't know how to stop the puck. The guy is tremendously talented. He's super athletic. I think he's a phenomenal goaltender. When he got yeah. traded to Florida, I'll never forget one of my buddies. I'm like, we have to go watch Florida because Bobrovsky is the best goalie in the National Hockey League. In my mind, at the time... He is phenomenal, and he just—he's been laying eggs for the last couple of years, and then he gets hot again. And it, it, you want—and I'm hoping it kind of sparked a little, uh, uh, sparked something in him where next year he he can kind of carry that on because I would really like to see that. Me personally, I don't think it's going to happen. I think he's one of those guys that's going to need a a one B guy that may need to take over from time to time when when Bob wants to have a nap or uh, have a little little vodka and t- take a bit of a break. But uh, but I, I he's definitely number one guy in the league. He's got the talent to do it all day long. But uh, whether he wants to do it between the years is a different story. And I just don't I don't trust him enough to kind of keep this momentum going for next right. season. Uh, thank you, Cron. Stay on the line, but thank you, pal. <laughs> Appreciate it, guys. Uh, Brent Cron, our NHL goaltending analyst on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, 15-time Consumer's Choice Award winner at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. For pickup or delivery, call 403-248-3344. Hey, it's George Russick. And Matty Rose. We host the big show with Russick and Rose. If you miss us weekday mornings on Sportsnet 960 to fan, first of all, shame on you. Second of all, download the podcast on demand. So many places that you can find the podcast wherever you get your favorite NHL, NFL, CFL, MLB, the stories that sports fans in Calgary want to hear. We got it for you. We are the big show. Flamestock is on the air and streaming on the Sportsnet mobile app. Sportsnet 960 The Fan, Calgary. What a week for the Flames, hey? And punctuated with Jerome McGinley officially joining the organization. It was all smiles on Monday when Ryan Huska was introduced as head coach. 
few days later, Jerome McGinley all smiles as he officially joins the organization as special advisor to the general manager. Would love your thoughts on it at 969.60 as we wrap up this hour on Flames Talk. Not wrap up, but as we continue on this hour of Flames Talk. Logan and my name is Pat Steinberg here in our Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. I just think, first of all, you know, whether or not Jerome is has a ton of hockey ops experience or not, and obviously he doesn't. Um, I just think it's an awesome addition to the organization. Like, we all were expecting it to happen, and we all believed this was going to happen if and when Craig was named general manager. Craig Conroy is named general manager. But like, it's just a, it's a good story. I know that Jerome does not have a ton of NHL hockey, op- hockey ops experience, but he's also not starting as the general manager of the Flames. He's starting as a special advisor to a hockey ops group that includes decades of experience with Conroy and Maloney and Nonis and Pascal and, and Chris Snow. So we're, we're talking about, we're talking about a guy coming in to learn about hockey ops. So that's why whenever it's like, and, and I would say the vast majority logo of Flames fans are over the moon with this. And I would say the vast majority of Flames fans are super excited for this. However, there's been this, this small contingent that has talked a lot about just the overall, well, this is, uh, he doesn't have any experience. Why are they bringing him in with no experience? What, they're making this an old boys club with Conroy and Aginla. No, we can have nice things. We can have nice things in, uh, in, in Calgary, and we can be excited about guys who many grew up, or, or people rather, um, growing up for a guy who they, they considered to be their hero rejoining the organization. But there's nothing wrong with that. No, and I mean, how do you get experience? It's by doing what Jerome's doing now. And would you rather him do that with another organization? No, I think, and I've said earlier, I think that the organization should have made sure, and they did, that if Jerome wanted to come back into the NHL and learn this as a post-career you know, opportunity, it should have been with the Calgary Flames because he is your franchise's greatest player. He's done, you know, the most, arguably the most, for your community and for your organization, you should be the ones, you know, making sure that he's part of it. And you you can't instantly become a successful, you know, post player in, in management without diving into it. There are so many different aspects. Look at, you know, the guys like Joe Sackick and Steve Eiserman and the years it took them to learn, you know, this craft. Brendan Shanahan in Toronto. There's all these different examples of guys who have to go through these different levels of understanding it's a completely different business for these guys. And I just think it's a, like you said, Pat, it's just a good thing period to have him back in this organization. Even if it's, even if it doesn't turn out to be what Craig Conroy is now for this team, don't you want Jerome here? Don't you want him back as part of the team? And you listen to what he said with, with us on the, the podcast and talking about, you know, wanting to win and having that competitiveness that's just something in general I think you want in your organization. Uh, this says uh, from Matt and Cochran, were people this upset when Conroy moved to the front office? I don't think so. I don't like, remember it being like that, no. 
And I know that somebody else says, doesn't Calgary roast Edmonton for bringing in former players? What I think, well, what I know we, we roasted Edmonton about was the pervasiveness of that pattern for about 20, 15 yeah, or 20 15, consecutive 20 years. years. That's why. That's, that's why there was, and Edmonton realized their problem and stopped it. And funny enough, they've been, you know, they've been a whole lot more successful since then. But it's not like Craig Conroy has been added just because he used to play for the Flames. He has been working towards being a general manager for more than a decade. And the only other former player that's joined in a management capacity is Jerome Ginla. And he's doing so in an, an advisory role from 900 kilometers away or however long Kelowna is away from Calgary. Like, it, it, I, I don't, this, this is not the, um, this is not reforming the old boys club. This is not taking everybody from, because the, the, the criticism in Edmonton had always been, well, if you played for the uh, 80s glory years teams, you're coming in and, and joining the organization. It's not like the Flames are adding Sean Donovan and Mike Commodore and um, and Stefan Yell and uh, well, Christoph Olyon, right Billy too. Neiman. Yeah, like, it's, just... it's Conroy, and he brought in a Ginla as a special advisor to the general manager. Oh, and by the way, it's the most beloved player in franchise history rejoining the organization officially. Like, what's wrong with that? Yeah, stop me when, you know, one of those guys that you named off gets a position they haven't earned. That's that's where I'll start to agree with the the old boys club is coming and taking over. Nobody who's a former player right now at this organization, and I include Martin Jelen in that conversation, Pat, is where they are just because they're a former player. They're there because they've earned that role in the organization. When somebody comes in and uh, say the, the the head coaching job doesn't come to to Ryan Huska earlier this week. And they come in as just a former player. Because he's a former player, yep, you're automatically the head coach. You're the guy to go for it. Then I think you have a problem with that. But nobody's handing Aginla anything here. He deserves a role in the organization for all the years that he's given here. He's worked in hockey after his career. And he's feeling it out. It's a feeling out process for him. We don't know 100% what this looks like yet. And... Like Joe Sackick didn't have any managerial experience no. when he got named the what did he, what did he first start out as in in uh, his post he started out as like president of hockey operations or whatever the case may be uh, executive vice president of hockey operations um, with the Colorado Avalanche um, and so he gets that he was advising and then he got named as executive vice president of hockey operations. And it's not like everybody's, oh, the old boys club in Colorado. Joe Sackick, this guy knows nothing about hockey. Get Sackick out of the front office. Well, he's done a pretty good job since he's taken over. Like, yes, Jerome used to play here. Yes, Jerome is beloved in this city. Yes, Jerome's the best to ever throw on a flaming seat. All those things are true. It doesn't mean that he... I also know that had the Flames not brought him in, and have this not happened when he was ready to move into or try his hand at being a part of an NHL organization, there would have been other teams that would have jumped at the opportunity. I can tell you the Boston Bruins would have been like, Hey, Jerome, you want to come? Like there would have been teams that would try to bring him in, in some sort of capacity, player development or, or hockey operations or special advisor or special assistant or whatever the case may be. Guys who, had success and had high hockey IQ and were very, very good NHLers 
tend to make pretty good hockey ops staff members as well. So, yeah. Yeah, and as, it, as I read it here on the press release from the Avalanche when they welcomed Sackett back, he was an advisor, an executive advisor and alternate governor for the team at the end of 2010-2011. And then after some time in the organization and feeling it out on 2013, so almost three or two, two years later, then he got promoted to executive vice president of hockey ops. I think it's a super cool thing to see. Um, and I like a lot of people say a lot of good things about Jerome's hockey mind and, and you know, the work that he's done at rink Kelowna in coaching and the, the work that he's done uh, in, in developing players and seeing a lot of players who are now entering draft eligibility or starting to move towards draft eligibility. Um, he's, uh, he's, he's actually very well thought of his, his, the way that he's able to think about the game and, and some of his evaluations. I'm, I'm curious to see how this progresses as well. Right now, he's a special advisor to the general manager. And in a year from now, last hour, we asked him, by the way, uh, that interview that we had with Jerome Aginla in the prior hour of this Thursday flames talk is available for you wherever you get your podcast right now. And, you know, we asked him, what does it look like in a year from now? So this coming year, he's going to kind of split time with his coaching duties at Rink Kelowna and with being his, his new job as, as a hockey ops member for the Flames. I'm curious what it looks like in a year's time. Does he move into an assistant general manager role? Does he uh, move into some other, some a hockey development role? Like yeah, you is take he, a look is at, he working with the Wranglers? Is he I working mean, in player development? Sean Horkoff's role in Detroit or Peverly's role in There's Dallas. There's so or, many different ways for it to go. Exactly. So I'm really curious to see how that plays itself out. And, and I'm sure that Conroy's got a couple of different ideas as to how that could play itself out. Maybe, you know, may, maybe it's just a, a, a strict, like, Hey, we really, we really appreciate your evaluation. I, so we want you to be part of that. Or we really appreciate your, um, you know, the, the, the way that you're able to, you know, help us pinpoint contract valuations, those types of things. I don't know. I'm curious. Amateur scouting. We really like your eye there most, or that's an area that we really could use your eye on going forward. I mean, look, think about, Think about all the different things, the amount of times that Craig Conroy's talked about what he did in the first couple of years when he was the special assistant to the general manager. Like he was helping sell suites and season tickets. He was scouting in Europe. He ran the American League team for a year. He he did all kinds of different things in in his first couple of years on top of helping with the draft and all those things. So there's um yeah, there's a lot of uh there's a lot of different ways that Jerome can get involved in hockey ops and see how this is going. And here's the last thing that I would say. The Flames didn't do this for PR reasons. Like they didn't hire Jerome Aginla strictly because they wanted some good press. Of course they didn't. But the byproduct that it's another positive story after the nothing but negativity that was October to April for them to for the, for them to have another positive story to enter the news cycle like that's good news too it's it's fun every once in a while to talk about good things with this organization <laughs> especially after the year that we just went through right like that was a nightmare year with all of the Daryl Sutter controversies and Jonathan Huberdo and Nazem Kadri and, and all these, you know, all the expectations. And then it ends up being as disappointing a year as it was. And it led to a GM walking away and a coach getting fired. 
You know, it's nice to have stories like Ryan Huska finally realizing his life goal and the most beloved player in franchise history rejoining the organization and one of the most beloved players getting his opportunity, well-deserved shot at general manager. Like, good stories can be good stories sometimes, too. And I think that that's it's, it's, it's refreshing to have positive stories. And we don't know if it's going to turn out to be positive on the ice next year because... We don't know what the roster is going to look like. We don't know how it's all going to. We don't know. I don't know if Ryan Huska is going to be a great NHL head coach because I think he's going to be a solid NHL head coach. I think they made the right choice, but you never know until it happens. But for it to be positive in April and May and June, there's there's nothing wrong with that. No, and I think it's all about perspective. If you want to find a negative of something, you will. Uh, that's as simple as it is. And you're right, Pat. You nailed it on the head. None of us, as confident as as any people are on social media, on radio, wherever, none of us really know how it's going to go. We're sitting here going off of facts and what we've seen already. And on the Jerome Ginla front, if what you've seen in Jerome Ginla in his time in Calgary and his 20 years in the NHL, don't get you excited about him coming to the organization and what that could bring simply from an experience standpoint then we're probably never going to convince you that it's going to be a positive thing. And that's your right. If you want to have a negative outlook on it, you're more than welcome to. But Well, I've uh, moved past that part. I'm just No, saying, no, I'm, I'm, not, yeah. I'm not saying you specific, but I'm just saying, uh, you know, uh, for anybody out there that, that wants to put it in that context, you can. That's, that's up to you. But I'm just saying for us and the reason that we're talking about it in this is because I think there are a lot of positives to be had uh, in every conversation that we've had about these announcements this week, and especially with today and the franchise icon that he is being back a part of this organization in and of itself for me is a win for this team. Uh, let's read some texts. Uh, this says negative Pat is lecturing on negativity. Apparently this texture thinks I'm, I get called. He's uh, condescending. He's self-condescending, but he's not negative. You mean self-deprecating? Self-condescending. Like, is that a thing? Nope. Um, it is now. It is now. Uh, I get called, I get called a shameless Homer. And now this guy also uh, talks about negative fat. Okay, I'll, I'll take it. Uh, this is a very angry text. You said it's a minority that thinks the way about J.I., so what the hell are you talking about? Shut the hell up and quit talking to the minority. Talk about the good move. And re- Logan just replied, relax. Goodness, that is how, that's my, that's my exact response as well. Relax. It's don't okay. Have get, don't have to get so angry about People it. People have my different goodness. opinions. We're talking about different sides of it it's all good yeah we're, we're like oh, holy we've talked quite extensively about the positivity of it goodness i don't i don't want to run into that guy on the street no. or that person on the street that no, thank you i don't want to be yelled shut at the hell up. Shut the hell up. sorry holy um Jeez. our buddy man deep at bk Bulford liquor uh what an amazing epic day man i'm so pumped and excited to have jerome back in the fold long overdue go flames go uh, come by soon, please. Keep up the amazing work. We'll try to send Jerome to BK Beaufort as well. <laughs> Man- I like Mandeep's Mandeep. positivity. Mandeep. Yeah, you know what, Mandeep? You're being too positive. You're too positive, Mandeep. Uh, we'll still come by, but just be less positive. Mandeep, how, get there. how quickly would you faint if Jerome walked into <laughs> BK Beaufort? Uh, this will say Jerome will obviously have some good insight on what it takes to be a successful NHLer. Um, very, uh, very true. Um, so they, oh, and this one says, I can't believe you guys even have to defend again. A literal Hall of Famer. Imagine the excitement the kids at the draft are going to have when they get drafted by the Flames and get to meet him. This is a huge win for the market. I agree. 
Uh, this says, now that Iggy's back with the Flames, can we have Regeer as defensive coach, Tongay working with the forwards, and Kipper working with the goalies? Then we'll gladly call it the Old Boys Club. <laughs> That'd be interesting. Um, this says, uh, well, I'm not enthused as enthused at your optimism. Let's see. First time GM, first time coach, and now Jerome, first time anything concerned. Damn right. Uh-oh. So now what? Where is where is that? Does that texter going to tell them to shut the hell up? <laughs> you need to shut up. Um, Pat, it's Heath here. Loud noises. Uh, Ray in Calgary says, great move. No need to defend it, Pat. Trolls will be trolls. Uh, there you go. That's just a little bit of our text line on this Thursday. Great stuff as always. Awesome to have Jerome back in the organization. Very, very cool to see. Next up for the Flames, I mean, they've obviously got a ton of player personnel decisions to make. They've also got a draft, which uh, will be wrapping up. In fact, uh, as we're talking right now, the seventh round of the draft will have been hours old uh, because we are exactly two weeks away from day two of the draft, less than two weeks away from the first round of the 2023 NHL draft. As we start to uh, wrap things up this hour on Flames Talk, thanks to Logan Gordon, thanks to our producers, Cam and Taylor. Loud noises! <laughs> My name is Pat Steinberg, and uh, that'll wrap us up on the Sports Drive Good timing. Brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Ask how a restricted key system can keep your business safe, even through employee turnover. Visit calgarylockandsafe.com.